Um, you know, kind of privy to the season that we're all about ready to face. The holidays are upon us. Thank you, Jesus. I love the holidays. I don't know if I'm among, uh, you know, people of, of common feeling towards Thanksgiving and Christmas and the New Year, but I personally love them. I love uh, just the family, the friends, just the... the to eat, I mean, you know, the reason I say that, I mean, yeah, that's a big surprise for some of you, like, of course, Joey, love to eat, I love to eat, I love turkey, but anyways, beyond all that, I love the fellowship, the family, to connect with them, and um, so, uh, but we want to kind of address, you know, along uh, the line of the holiday season we're about to enter in is, uh, is talking about Thanksgiving, um, not necessarily today, but just the hard attitude, <laughs> um, so, I titled my message, Guard Yourself with Gratitude. That's good. Um, and we'll hopefully be able to uh, get into the details of this message. Hopefully you think the message is as good as the title. So, um, you know, uh, it's funny because you get in different circles and you hear different Christians' hearts towards like Thanksgiving, the Christmas season. And I'm so torn because, you know, up until this point, because I wasn't a very outward guy. Uh, I would kind of keep my opinions to myself and not really ask people for theirs. <laughs> but, you know, now that I kind of have to give my opinion and kind of talk to people and be relational, uh, I discovered that there is, there is really a lot of uh, confusion over these holiday seasons. I, I've heard everywhere from Christmas, like a pagan holiday, and like, you know, that Thanksgiving is just a, 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 another pagan holiday. And I'm just like, I'm so torn in my heart. I'm like, I love these things. Uh, and I say that all just because um, uh, there was actually one couple whose previous church that they went to, their pastor would literally tell them not to celebrate Christmas. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, I wonder how they feel really about this. If I say go celebrate Christmas, get a Christmas tree, buy presents, how are they going to take this? But anyways, I just want to dispel. I am for Christmas. I love it. I, I love that it's about Jesus, but I also love giving gifts. I love giving gifts, and I love eating. So, anyways, I just thought I'd make that statement. <laughs> so, guarding yourself with gratitude. Let's get right into it. I'm not going to keep you very long today. Somebody say, Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> um, well, the reason that I'm not going to keep you that long is because I'm just going to touch upon what the Lord has given me. I'm not going to add to it, nor take away from it, uh, in order to fill some time and space. You know... I hope you all understand it's, it's, um, it's important to have a correct biblical understanding of gratitude. Ultimately, uh, being thankful. You know, that's good. It's good. You know, I titled the message because, you know, through my studies, I saw a lot of, of um, a lot of, um, I'm trying to look for the right word. I, I saw a lot of uh, the word leaning to that actually gratitude and being thankful um, you know, it, it kind of protects us. It kind of wards off uh, the enemy in many ways. You know, uh, where I saw at different times people would use in the Bible songs of thanksgiving to kind of like ford off or confuse the, the enemies uh, that they were going into battle for. So, um, you know, I want to say this, that uh, thankfulness or gratitude works as a safeguard. It protects us from things like being jaded. You know, having a critical uh, outlook of others. Um, being unthankful, obviously the opposite parallel. Being argumentative, we find that in scriptures. I mean, look at the children of Israel. And we won't get into that yet. I don't want to get a little bit ahead of myself. And, and accusatory, you know, it does really the opposite of, of what the kingdom of God uh, 
desires for his people uh, to do. So we see this benefit, and the only way that we can see it as a benefit is if we have a correct understanding of its importance. And sometimes it's the simple things that, that we kind of look over. You know, we're, we're, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm looking more for like the mysteries of God. Lead me into the, the hidden things, the things that I haven't heard or seen before. But yet, in that pursuit, we kind of forget about the simple things. I know that's, I can be accused of that. Uh, and I just want to stick to the simple things tonight. And it's important also to know that thankfulness is not determined um, by circumstances. You know? I am guilty of being only grateful when circumstances are going accordingly uh, the way that I, I think they should. And, and I uh, am accused of, of, of being bitter and critical when things aren't going according as planned. And uh, I, I just want to declare today that that is uh, not a right posture of heart. And there's no excuse. And we can find this in the Bible. Let's turn to Psalms 100 if we could. You know, this just, for me, shows the importance of thankfulness in the sight of God. Psalms 100, we're going to read the whole thing. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Love that in some translations, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye people. All ye lands, hey listen, everybody's included in this. It's not for this group of people, it's not for the happy go-getters, it's for the oppressed and the intercessors. <laughs> that probably went over your head. Serve the Lord with gladness. And say serve the Lord with mourning. He says serve the Lord with, mourn or with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Other translations say come before His presence with praise. You study any of these words in the Hebrew or the Greek, and you will see a connection in the language of being thankful, being grateful. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. This is what I want to focus in on. Enter, we've all heard this, enter into His gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. And bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generation. Kind of gives us, you know, a clear, I think, perspective of what the Lord kind of expects from us as we desire to get into his presence. The, the psalmist is very clear. Come before him or come into his gates or come into his presence with thanks, thanksgiving. Come into his courts or come into his presence with praise. You know, I don't know about you, um, but I, I just don't want to be around grumpy people. You know, I don't want to be pe around people who are kind of jaded in some of their perspective and maybe kind of have a, a, a down, uh, a Debbie Downer outlook on life. And I, I kind of think that that's sometimes the way God is too. Now, I'm not trying to say that there is no room for uh, to be in mourning or to have a heart that is humble or contrite and broken. I'm not trying to uh, uh, take away from that. I, I, I believe in the benefits of that also. But I also believe that the Lord desires a thankful and grateful people. Uh, you know, again, I'm not going to try to get ahead of myself. 
so this makes it very clear that we're to, put, to come into His presence with thanksgiving. The Scripture exhorts us to do so regardless. Again, just referencing what I said earlier. That our, our gratitude, our gratefulness, our thanksgiving is not determined by our circumstances. Let me give you a rather dramatic story. Uh, and, and, and I say dramatic because it's probably in light of some of our circumstances uh, and our situations. It, 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 we can't relate to it. Um, because this story is a story of, all, of obviously Jesus, a man who had um, suffered greatly at the end of his ministry. We all know the story in Matthew 26. Uh, Jesus, you know, accepts the cup of suffering. Uh, he knows, and he's um, going to suffer a brutal death at the hand of religious people, even being sold out by his own homies. You know, uh, quite dramatic. So, just a quick overview: the religious uh, of Matthew 26, the religious people, uh, they start organizing a plot to kill Jesus. That happens in one through four. Mary anoints Jesus for his burial. That's 6 through 13. Judas agrees to betray Jesus, 14 through 16, all in Matthew 26. The Passover is prepared in 17 through 19. The Passover is celebrated in 20 through 25, Matthew 26. And the Lord's Supper is instituted, Matthew 26, 26 through 29. I just want to focus on 26, 26 through 29 of Matthew. Sorry, that's a lot of 20, 26s. Let's just get start right here in uh, the verse of uh, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it. All of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, for the remission for the remissions of sin, the remission of sin. Sorry. And my point here is to see a man, you know, already knowledgeable of of what God is going to do, what God's going to lead him in. He knows that there's going to be a plot that's uh, going to ultimately um, start the first fruits of this attempt. He knows that one of his dear disciples of which he's walked through, one walked with for many years, are going to betray him, sell him out. And all the meanwhile, he's sitting there with his brothers, he's sitting there with his friends, and he's breaking bread, but he's also giving thanks. You know, sometimes, I know I have, looked right over the give thanks portion of this scripture. And although it be very dramatic, but that should really show us just how pity some of our circumstances, uh, it's not pity, sorry, uh, how um, uh, boring some of our circumstances are. You know, if, it's funny, if i got 50 things going for me that I am just grateful over, and, um, you know, be it whatever, and I have one thing, one thing that's just like a sore spot. I don't know about you, but it can kind of set me in a tailspin. My wife feels it, my home feels it, you know, the, 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 oh, dad is not happy about something. Of course, I'm not beating anybody, but I'm stomping around, very ungrateful, and that's upon my lips. And often, even in the dramatic example of this story of Jesus giving thanks after the foreknowledge of everything that's going to happen, he's giving thanks, but he's not letting the circumstance kind of get him down in the sense where it's going to rob him. <coughs> 
from eating with his friends and giving thanks unto God. Again, I know the example is drastic, but it should highlight just how, in my mind, how weak I am as an individual, how fast I am, and how quick I am to give a, uh, being given over to murmuring and complaining about situations that really, honestly, don't even uh, need my attention, you know. But, back to my 50 things and one things, I'm trying to stay focused here to my notes, I'm sorry if this is a bit dry, but its content I think is very rich. You know, again back to, just wanting to explain myself on the 50 things going wrong and, and, and maybe, I'm sorry, the 50 things going right and the one thing uh, going wrong, it's, 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 it's not a good thing uh, that that's how we act as people, that that's how we conduct ourselves as uh, the body of Christ. You know, don't we see that clearly kind of um, shown to us in the story of Israel? Here is something that shouldn't have took long at all. I'm talking about the journey that they went on for, the 40 years that they went on. <laughs> but all through this journey, you see this constant in and out, in and out, where Israel sees mighty manifestations of the powers and the wonders of God, but yet in, in, in some instances they aren't getting bread or they aren't getting water, and all of a sudden they're starting to conspire plans and murmuring about Moses and Aaron and saying, God, have you let us out here just to starve? But yet, if you look at it, these people saw a sea open before them, a pillar of fire divide them between Pharaoh and his rage, and they walk through the sea, unscathed to the other side, to see the pillar of fire lift, Pharaoh's army come down into that sea and be swallowed up by that sea. I don't know what that would do for you, but I hope it would be enough for me to know that God, who separated a sea for me to walk through, then swallowed my enemies, could provide me bread or food or meat or drink. But yet we don't see that. But and even in our little ways, how much can that be said of us? Yeah. Yeah. Again, back to the 50 things that are going good and the one thing that's not going right. I don't know. I, can, I look all through this kind of uh, you know, interaction between God and, and, and the children of Israel, and I see a very ungrateful, uh, quick people to be given them themselves to murmuring, complaining, conspiring against Moses, even to the point of almost getting to the promised land. Them having doubt. They, they don't believe the word of the Lord. They send spies in to, 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 to view the landscape and tell them of you know, what it's like. Is, is it a good land? Is it occupied by wars? The, the, the spies come back with a negative report. And they start getting fearful to the point where they say, listen, we need a new leader. It says this, we need a new leader that will lead us back to Egypt. <laughs> that is amazing to me. And although I would like to think myself better than that, I kind of have to scratch my head and my little impediness, uh, things that so you know, deter me this way. It's like a roller coaster sometimes. You know, it's like, oh, bless the Lord. There's enough money in the bank. It's, things are going great. The church is growing. God, oh no, where is everybody? Why is the prayer meeting small? Why is there no money in the bank? Oh God, you know, of course, I'm not shouting out anything like 
Lord, I, I, I need somebody. I'm going to build another calf. I, I'm going to build another God. I'm going to follow someone. I'm not doing that, but still in my heart. In my heart. I, I'm given to murmuring, complaining, being ungrateful. Can anybody relate to this? Absolutely. I think we can. But yet, here we are. We see the Son of God. And we don't need... We, we do need to put him on a pedestal, but but we also need to know that he came in a form, just like me and you. He went through all things. He suffered all things. He he went through all every type, so that he there could be some kind of relation or some kind of relating, you know, our struggles uh, to his. But yet here we see him, uh, uh, fully uh, uh, knowing what God is going to do, the, the plan, accepting, drinking the cup. Because you know in Gethsemane, he was like, hey, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. God, please. He, he's, he's being shown what's going to happen. But yet, he gets breakthrough. I believe breakthrough, he's, you know, who knows what it was like. Although my uh, mother-in-law just went there and she said she wept in travail. She went to the Garden of Gethsemane, luckily before... Everything that's happening now in Israel. But uh, she said she wept like a baby. It was so powerful. Probably the most powerful experience that she's had. God, I don't know why I share that. But So he, he knows, uh, he has insight to what's going to happen. He, but he's grateful. He's giving thanks. He's found breaking bread. He knows one of his boys are going to betray him. But yet he's thankful. He's steadfast. And he's giving thanks. He's breaking bread. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I possess that. But I do know that. This that God wants me to that God wants to bring me to that place. Amen. He wants to bring us to that place, guys. Yeah. There, there is a power in being thankful, even when circumstances don't line up. That's why when we come into an environment like this and we're singing, uh, you know, we're singing, uh, what's that? The enemy's made of fate. We're going through it. You see, like this thing just start to lift, and and people start yeah. raising their hands. I see it in you. You know, we'll go from this little slow uh, 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 song, uh, you know, whatever good song, but it's slow, and everybody's kind of like this. And you see some of the lowliness. I've been there, and then all of a sudden we we get into this kind of thankful uh, 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 song, the song of praise, and everybody's yes, yes, because there's just something about being thankful. Regardless of what you came through yeah. uh, these doors with, re regardless of the pressure that you face day in and day in out, it is little. It is little, and there's far much more to be grateful for than there is to be ungrateful for. Amen. Amen. I know. Listen, it, I know that it's in none of our hearts uh, to be ungrateful, to be unthankful. But you know what? That's not enough. The true test is. When we're actually offered an opportunity to either be ungrateful or grateful. Case in point, driving in this morning, I'm this evening, it's not this morning, but it's big. Traffic is bumper to bumper on Sterl Drive. It's 3.30. Not so good. You know, here's a guy who's trying to run the meeting, late for the meeting. And of course, I'm in my car and, you know, I'm like, great, best be, come on. And I'm starting to beep, beep, come on. Get out of the way! Are you crazy? Runner. Runner's trying to get by. She has the walk sign, but I'm like, oh no, sister! I'm late! <laughs> Bethany's like, pray, honey, pray. No! I just prayed for the half an hour it took to get to Cyril Drive! 
and, and my flashes now, of course, I'm, I'm being like, you know, I wasn't that bad. But there was, there was the presence of an ungrateful man behind the wheel. But yet, Bethany, in her kindness, she goes, guard yourself with gratitude. So small, right? But it hit my heart. It hit my heart. I said, okay, 345, traffic's not moving. Start to pray. I'm starting just to uh, start to replace some of that and letting people go before me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> I'm not going to run over you. I'm not going to run over you. But do you know what I mean? Another example. I highly dislike meeting in this house. I thoroughly dislike meeting in this house. And almost every Sunday evening when I come in here, I'm like, I, I love the house, don't get me wrong. But I come in here, I'm like, Lord, really? With our experience that we had when we wanted to purchase uh, our, our start to rent that building down in Harvard Square, just the letdown of not being able to go forward with what we thought was uh, kind of a bulletproof, bulletproof plan. And then having to come here again Sunday, knowing that we can't serve people exactly the way that we desire. But nevertheless... Nevertheless, you kind of just got to step up of the challenge and be grateful when we think Come of on. people who can't even meet publicly Come to on. worship the Lord. It's live. and it's, where, have we, where are we going with all this? Where, where's the church going with really the, 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 um, the, what's important and what's not? Of course, listen, I don't say that. I, I make, we're making every effort we can. I got a couple calls into some motels. We're hoping they break open. But nevertheless, what will I be? What will be my response now as I walk in here again Sunday? Well, I'm thankful that we have a place to worship. I'm thankful, even though crowded sometimes, that we have a place to glorify God, to speak openly about our faith, to preach the truth. That's what it's all about. When you find yourself up against the small, petty things in life, what is the response of your heart? And you know, there, there doesn't have to be really an outward manifestation of that ugliness that may be in there. But does God not know the intent of the heart? Does He not know? Oh, I'm not trying to get religious. I'm not trying to say the watchful eyes of the Lord are upon you. You better. But really, is that not the truth? They are. And, and it's in these little things that God is trying to force the image of Christ on the inside of us. Come on, Christ, back to the story. Betrayed. He knows what's going on. But he gives thanks and he fellowships and eats with his friends. I love it. I love it. Can anybody say amen? Amen. amen. You know, all that to say this. Uh, if you want the two couple of the reference verses that I referenced about the children of Israel, you can find it. Well, really, you can find it, I think, through Exodus to Leviticus. All throughout there, and it's kind of in and out. I love the parts where uh, God wants to wipe Israel out. Moses says, no! And then Moses is like, God, wipe Israel! And then God's like, no, wait! You know, it's, it's such a clear uh, picture of intercession. Uh, you know, it's on both ends of the spectrum. But the reference verses are Exodus 16, 1-5. Uh, you know, in Exodus 17, 1-4. Now, just for humor's sake, let me say this. It was actually two months and 15 days where the children of Israel found themselves uh, uh, wanting food where they 
were given over to complaining after they just saw the mighty hand of God move dramatically uh, for their nation. Two months and 15 days. I don't know why that strikes me, but it just strikes me. <laughs> um, want to also turn our attention to uh, the um, Philippians 4.6. We just turned there in our Bible. <clears throat> When I think about this whole message, this is what I kind of conclude with in, in, in regards to God's opinion and God's feeling over the matter. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. You know, stopping right there, just putting the brakes on. Anxious, does that not speak to our emotions? And when you see the storyline of the children of Israel Israel in this 40 day 40 year journey you see nothing but emotions you see nothing but anxious people trying to have their needs fulfilled and gratified quickly all the meanwhile not trusting God even after seeing his hand move in a dramatic way be anxious for nothing but in everything Somebody say everything. everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. <coughs> there is a loose animal that the Lord's looking to tame. And that's our nervous system. The Bible's very clear. It says be anxious for nothing. My friend, what are you anxious for today? There are many things that give me Anxiety. There are many things, um, you know, in my life that I'm anxious over. But you know what I've come to find out throughout the years? It's a matter of trust. Yeah. It's a matter of trusting that the Lord sees all, knows all, and ultimately He will come through. Amen. Be it good Amen. or not necessarily bad. But when I say bad, I say this. Maybe not the way that we thought it should have been. But He is faithful. And we are to be anxious for nothing. But in everything. Prayer and supplication. Thanksgiving. I love it. I'm going to stop there. Will, if you come to the piano. trying to be the 30-minute preacher, um, you know, but I'm going to conclude here. And I, I, want to, I want to pray for those who are feeling anxious in their hearts over things. It, I don't need to know what they are, but um, I really believe that the Lord wants to strengthen us in our emotions. Hmm.